Hey guys, welcome back. It is the first episode of 2020. And today we are going to be talking about relationships. If I'm being honest with you guys, I haven't recorded an episode for a month. It's been a month. That's the longest that I've gone since I started. And it's this episode. It was hanging me up. I just couldn't do it. I even started. I have 25 minutes already recorded. I deleted it. I'm starting over. It wasn't what I wanted. And I had to ask myself, why am I struggling with this so much? Why is this so hard for me to talk about? And I'm just going to bust it out there like an open can of biscuits right in the beginning. It is because I have spent my entire life fucking up every relationship that mattered to me. And so for me to come on here and tell you guys how to improve your relationships, I feel like an imposter, which is probably going to be next podcast episode because I'm struggling with imposter syndrome. So that will probably be on deck. But today relationships. You know, I couldn't just swing this one out in the beginning of the series. I really wanted you guys to do the work. And here's why. Because you cannot fix any relationship in your life until you have a good relationship with the most important one that matters. And that is you. If you do not have a strong relationship with yourself, if there is not love and respect there, every other relationship in your life will struggle. Do you hear me? We might as well not even go on. Because if you can't love yourself and accept or get to the place where you know that you deserve love, it's going to be so hard. There's going to be something missing You're just going to struggle. And even if your relationships are okay, they will never be what they can be unless you get there. So I hope that you've done the work. I hope that you're able to get to a place where you're at least better than you were, right? That you're working on that relationship with yourself. That you're learning to love yourself a little bit more every day. That you're learning to forgive yourself a little bit more every day. And guys, this episode might get emotional because I need to hear these words too. I'm trying to find the words today for you guys, but also for me. As much as I try, I still carry a lot of guilt and a lot of baggage from my past. From my drinking. And I feel like this is something that... All people struggle with because we all have a past. And especially if you're trying to break free and if you had unhealthy relationships or toxic habits, you know, or if you just made a total life change, you may be in this place too. The biggest thing that I want to emphasize with you guys, I think, is that when I was in that place, the relationship with myself was totally destructive. It was negative. I thought I deserved all of those bad things. I believed that I was a monster. And for me, I couldn't get past that until I made the changes, until those things were no longer true. Because when I doubted myself, I questioned everyone else's love too. It wasn't only affecting me. It was affecting every relationship that I was in. My husband is without a doubt the best person for me out there. Like not even sure how I found him and it worked out the way it did. But when I was in that place, I didn't think that I deserved him. So a year into our relationship, I broke up with him. We never fought. Never. 
and we started out living together. We were working together. Actually, Mark was working for me and we were living together. And I even yelled at him and sent him home on his birthday and then forgot my wallet and he had to pay for his own birthday dinner when we were living in Kentucky and away on a road trip. Like, not great. (laughs) Because I was in a bad place. Because I couldn't accept the love that I was being given. And I didn't think that I deserved good things. I need you guys to hear me when I tell you that you will sabotage your life and your relationships if you stay stuck in this place that you don't think you're worthy of the people that are in your life. And so you need to get past that before we talk about improving your relationships with them. Because if you're not even at the place where you can accept the love, there is no way that you can return it. And when you're not returning the love, I don't remember what episode, I think it was seven, whatever's inside, that is what is spilling out. And if it's hate and negativity and doubt and jealous and envy, that is what comes out into our relationships. Does that sound familiar? Because it sounds exactly like what my 20s looked like. Everything that I was hurting with, or hurting for, or dealing with, or struggling with, it came out in the way that I tried to show love and affection for others. My relationships were broken because I was broken. And so first and foremost, I need you to get to a place where you can at least accept That you deserve good things. I was struggling with putting this episode together, putting putting this out this message out there, and I told my mother-in-law, and I said, Who am I to talk about relationships? I've destroyed every single one in my life. There's a part of me that is still scared that maybe I don't deserve all these good things. And this is why you need people in your corner who you do love and love you back. And that you allow that in. Because what she said to me Stopped me dead in my tracks. And I know old me would have just brushed it off. But she said, Haven't you had enough bad? Maybe you've paid your dues. And I thought about it. And I thought about every hard thing that I've been through. Even the awful things that I've done, the pain that that caused. And it's enough. I don't need any more. And I'm guessing you don't either. And we can't control everything that comes at us. But we can control what damage we do to ourselves. And so I'm begging you to stop punishing yourself for who you used to be. I don't care who they were. I don't care what they did. You don't have to be that person anymore if you don't want to be. You want to be a better wife? Learn to fall in love with yourself and your body. You want to be a better mother? Start taking care of yourself before your children. You want to be a better friend? Fix your shit so you can be there for them. There are so many relationships that are going to improve when you fix what's inside of you. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, I will never be 100% fixed. 
but I will continue to work on myself every day because I know what lies behind. I know what my relationships will go back to if I stop loving myself, if I stop moving forward, if I stop pushing through that, right? My relationships in my life now are without a doubt the best and strongest that they've ever been, all of them. But it's because I'm the strongest that I've ever been. It's because I'm the most confident that I've ever been. And I cannot stress this part enough. I know who the fuck I am and I love her. She's messed up. She is so messed up. She's got issues for days. But I love her all the same. I want you guys to think of your top five relationships. Your top five. And I'm going to give you a hint. Number one, better be you. You, you go down on that paper. Ooh, that sounded dirty. Write your name down on that paper. Yeesh. Oh, oh my gosh, what was I saying? Okay, so your top five relationships for 2020. Even if you already set your resolutions or your goals or whatever, I encourage you to add this to the list. I want you to work on these five relationships. If nothing else, I want you to be conscious of these five relationships. And even that, you will do more. You will give more. You will love more if it's intentional in your mind. So number one is you. The person listening to this podcast on my list, number one is Melissa. Because that relationship is the most important. If it breaks, everything else will crumble. I cannot stress that enough. And so when I hear people that are struggling in their relationship, most of the time they've lost themselves and they don't feel whole and they don't feel confident and they don't feel heard or loved. And I'm going to get into all that, but it all starts with you. Because if you're in a good place with you, it's easier to see if that relationship is one that needs the work or if it needs walked away from, which we'll also talk about. Because sometimes that happens too. As we grow, as we evolve in our life, there are some relationships that need ending. So I don't know who two, three, four, and five are, but I need you to think about it. What are the relationships that you want to improve most in 2020? What are the relationships that are the most important to you? This is something that I would love to see in the community. So when you have your list of five people, I would love to see it. It doesn't even have to be names. It can be husband, brother, if you want just for sharing in the group, whatever. I don't care. It's totally up to you. But so the online community is hashtag hot mess success, all one word, and then community. If you're not a member in there, go ahead, request to join, answer the questions, and consider us instant busties. But anyways, so I want you guys to think about that while we're talking about this today, but also after this, all the time. I want you to have those five relationships in your mind always at the forefront of your mind. Okay, and before we get into improving our relationships and learning how to speak the same love language or each other's love language and all that love language stuff, I want to talk about the toxic relationships. I want to talk about... The people who may not be moving forward with you in 2020. 
And I need you to know that's okay. I need you to ask yourself a question when someone is coming to mind. I'm sure someone is coming to mind right now. And I need you to start with this question. Do they bring any value to your life? Do they bring any value to the relationship? And two, is there value there and you're not seeing it because you're stuck in your own way? And sometimes toxic people are just really easy to spot. But if you are that toxic person, I need you to gut check yourself here quickly. Before you write someone off, because maybe they're being an asshole, I need you to ask yourself, is there any chance that you're the asshole? And I ask that as a former asshole myself. Sorry about all the assholes. Anywho, so sometimes when we are eliminating all of the bad stuff in our life, it's easier to spot these people. Now, sometimes there are just negative people in your life that you can just fade away from. Like maybe you switch jobs or you move to a different floor or you move neighborhoods and it was a neighbor. Like, right? Sometimes you can naturally get away from someone. And that's awesome when you can have a clean break like that. Sometimes these toxic people are people that we can't get away from. Like maybe we're related to them. Ha ha. Joke's on you. Just kidding. Um, That's a real thing. So (laughs) how do we handle toxic family members? It is possible to have people in your life and not be in your circle. Let's talk about that circle, right? Your circle is your people, your tribe, right? Like you all speak the same language. You're all there for each other. Like they are going in the same direction of life that you're going, right? And this can be family, friends, work, whatever, right? But then you have the negative Nancys, the people that are just constantly complaining and you're trying to get away from things like that. And that person is also someone who you can't just cut ties with. So here's what I suggest. You can still remove them from your circle and keep them in your life. And what I mean by that is you still hang out, you still do the things, but they're not your person. You don't go to them with your losses or your victories or your problems anymore. Because deep down, let's be honest, you're not going to get the response you want, right? We talked about this with the haters. It kind of applies here too. But that doesn't mean that you can't still have a relationship. They're not in your top five. They're not the ones that you put the most effort into. And you need to have boundaries in them. Boundaries are everything in a relationship that could be toxic. You need to figure out what those boundaries are. If a relationship, if a good, healthy relationship does not make you a better person, it should not be the one you're investing your energy in. And this may be a wake-up call for some of you. Because maybe you've been spinning your wheels for way too long in this area of your life. And the relationships that stand a chance are suffering because of it. And so now that you know this, hopefully it changes the game. And since we're on the subject, if there's a toxic person in your life or a negative relationship that you're not stuck with, get out. And if you need help getting out, if you're scared to get out for any reason, no judgment, find someone to help you. Because the only thing staying stuck in that relationship will do is bring you down. 
And we're not going there. We're not going down. So I need you to cut the ties. And I'm going to let you in on a friendly little tip for social media. There is this thing called an unfollow button. You can remain friends, but you never have to see their newsfeed. So if there's someone, even if there's just someone that every day, oh, it's the same, oh, complaining or negativity, why don't you head right over to their page and unfollow and wish them well? It's empowering. It feels good to get rid of the baggage. You don't owe anyone anything. You don't owe anyone your time, your happiness, or your life. So now that we're clear on that, and we kind of know who's going forward with us, who we're leaving behind, or maybe even you're just going to be evaluating relationships in your life a little bit more clearly from now on. Your time and energy is precious. So the next time someone asks you to do something, I need you to ask yourself, is that relationship one of the ones that you're working on? Is that, is saying yes to that opportunity or whatever it is going to jeopardize your top five relationships? Like just start looking at your life in that way because every time you say yes to something, you're usually saying no to something else. And I just want you guys to make sure that that something else isn't one of your top five relationships because that should never be the case. I love what I do. Like my job lights me the fuck up. Like I I wouldn't be spending all this time doing a free podcast if I hadn't found my passion through my job. But still, even that, I need to make sure that there's a balance that I... I'm not working on this freedom for my family by putting my family on the back burner. You see what I mean? Like I've got big dreams and big goals for my family, but I can't get to those dreams and goals by ignoring my family. Relationships take work and depending on the love language, some take more time than others. So talking about the love languages, we're just going to jump right in. There are five. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, we need to start with the find your love language quiz. I will attach the quiz in the show notes. I will share it in the community. Or you can just Google five love languages quiz and figure out yours. You can do it for you, your spouse. And they even have it for children. So when you're taking the quiz, they have three options. You can do it for a singles. You can do it in a relationship. And children. It is always beneficial to know your own love language. First off. And that's going to be the easiest for you to know, obviously. You take the quiz. You figure it out. It's going to make sense. I'm pretty sure the quiz gives you your top two, maybe three. But it's always good to know, even if you're not in a relationship, so that you know what your love language is. And let's be honest, you are in plenty of relationships. Even if you don't have a significant other, there are, we just talked about five important relationships in your life. So there is reason to know. It's also good reason to know what someone else's love language is if they're one of those top five. So if that's a spouse or children or a family member, it's a simple quiz. And if it's a relationship that you want to improve and they want to improve, they will take a quiz for you, right? Here's a red flag if somebody won't even take a quiz to see their love language. I feel like we need to address that relationship and see if it's one really worth pursuing. But anywho, so the five love languages are, in no particular order, of course, words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. I'll tell you guys, Mark and I speak different love languages. 
even just taking the quiz, I listen to the book. There is a book, The Five Love Languages, and I highly recommend it for anyone who wants to work on their relationships. It is the the personal development that I'm always preaching about. It is what I suggest to anyone who comes to me with issues in their relationship. That's the first question I ask them. Do you know your love language and your partner's love language? Because if you don't know, if you're even speaking the same language, that's where we need to start. Because most of the time, couples just aren't speaking the same language. Does this sound familiar? You're doing all of the things how you express love. So uh, I can't explain this without just giving you guys a story. So my love language, number one, is acts of service. I will come to your house, clean your house. I'll cook you food. I will take your kids, watch your kids. I will do all the things for you. It ties in so wonderfully with my job and what I do because I am literally a helper to my core. But... That's how I show love. So my house is always clean. It's not that I like have to have a clean house. It's just, it's it's one of the ways that I show love to my family is I clean up after them. So I have a clean house. I will do things, but it's, it's through my actions. I'm not, <laughs> this is going to surprise you, but I'm not very, very good with the words even with the, the words of affirmation, which is crazy because I'm literally a motivational speaker at this point, calling myself, tagging it, claiming it, whatevs, speaking it into, into fruition. Totally lost my train of thought there too, so I'm still working on that being sought after as a motivational speaker because I got to work on my squirrel techniques. <laughs> Not only is that how I show love, but that's also how I feel loved. So when Mark does the dishes or helps put away the laundry, especially after the accident, there are things that hurt my back, like a lot. And they're the stupidest things. Like I can do burpee tuck jumps in my workouts, but doing dishes, prepping food, folding laundry, and I'm almost in tears. And laying on the back, laying on the ground, flat on my back, like just trying to make it stop. It's ridiculous. Makes no sense. But Mark has taken on some extra tasks since the accident. But also it kind of happened around the same time that I read that book. That we took the quizzes together. That we talked about the fact that we speak different languages. Because Mark's number one language is my number five. His is physical touch. And if there were 10, it would be my number 10 is my absolute bottom. I have a lot of trauma and damage from my drinking days. And I will be really honest with you guys that intimacy was something that I struggled with when I got sober. And it's definitely taken a hit since I've been sober. For whatever reason, it was just easier for me if I had a little liquid courage. I don't know why. And it's also super embarrassing to admit that most, most, I'm going to say like a high, high percentage, like top 90s, of just throw it out there, Melissa. It's okay. You're married. We can talk about this. But like... High 90% of all of my sexual encounters, I was wasted or under the influence. So it does something. It did something to my mind. And so it's one that I struggle with. But knowing that it is Mark's number one, I had to work past that. I even worked on it in therapy because it means, it it matters, right? And a lot of that came with confidence, working on myself in my journey, but it also was really reassuring to hear all the other forms 
a physical touch. Like, for instance, when Mark comes home from work or anywhere, if he's gone, he comes right over to me wherever I am and gives me a kiss. And before I listen to this book, I would shy away more than I would give the kiss. That doesn't mean that I don't love him, but that's not how I show love. And so it was hard, right? Like I'm being honest with you guys, but I want, I share this with you because Mark and I speak different love languages and his number one is a serious struggle for me and we have a super strong, healthy, loving marriage. So it is possible. Anything is possible, but you have to be aware. You have to be intentional. You have to be conscious about it. You have to know all your options, right? So it's the little kiss whenever he comes home from work. It's holding his hand. It's snuggling on the couch. It's snuggling in bed. It's sitting in the hot tub for an extra 10 minutes next to each other talking. It is any, it's hugs. It's literally any kind of physical touch, not just intimacy. And so I've upped all the other areas and full disclosure, it's increased the intimacy. And I also try really hard and all my women will understand this one, but anytime he asks, I try not to say no. And I am not the initiator. This is getting really personal here, guys. And Mark even said, you know, should I stop asking? And I told him, communication is key, guys. I told him, please don't stop asking because I won't. And so I need you to be the one to do it. And he's okay with that. But before that talk, before any of this came out, before we had the conversations about our love languages, he didn't know any of this. And so he just felt a little less loved. And that makes me sad because I love him so much. So it is so important to make sure that you're speaking the same language, that you're speaking their language any way that you can. Because you could be pouring out all this love, but if it's not in a way that they speak it, their cup is empty. And now your cup is empty because your love is not being received and chances are, They're not giving it back in your language because it's different from theirs. So Mark started doing more things for me. When he sees me really stressed or anxious or depressed, he will do chores. He will just do things. And that is so, it is everything that I need. I don't need him to tell me how much he loves me. I don't need him to give me hugs and snuggle me. I need him to take care of me. And that's how he does it. And when he does the things, I feel loved. And when I feel loved, I am more encouraged I speak his you know what I mean like when I when you feel loved you give more love even if it's not in your language right so that's so important and so those are just two but I want to describe a couple others just because I don't you know they're not as personal to me but again we all speak different languages and again again this is just a cliff notes to the book, highly, highly recommend. I hope I've convinced you. It changed my marriage. It really did. There, you know, I apply personal development to all areas of my life. And this is the number one book for relationships. I know I've been recommended a couple others. I 
don't have them in my library yet. If you do, share them in our community. I would love to hear. Okay, I do want to talk about these love languages a little bit deeper because I feel like in this day and age, it is so easy to get distracted with all the other things and you put your relationship, the thing that you cherish the most, on the back burner. So let's talk about some of these. Quality time, for instance, is your partner saying things to you like, why don't we ever spend time together? Why don't we do this together? You know, we never do things together. And you're thinking, what do you mean we spend all our time together? I need you to ask yourself, what does that time look like? Because it, their love language is not just time together. It's quality time. Do you have unplugged time with your family, with your spouse, with your children? I think that's so important. I work from my phone. So trust me, that thing is always within an arm's length of me. But I have been getting better at having times where I'll just leave it on the charger. I work a lot. I work a lot in the mornings. And then after Cora's nap time, that's usually the time where my phone needs to be charged. So I put it down and I try to stay off of it for the next couple hours. I leave it in my bedroom. And it's so important that we do that. That you don't, your quality time together is not spent you on your phone and they're watching sports because that's how it goes down at my house a lot of the times. I'll be working on my phone and Mark will be watching sports. And I love my husband, but I'll be the first to say that if he didn't have anything else to do, he could watch TV all day. He would be fine and content on that couch doing nothing. So, and a lot of guys are like that. You have to communicate in the relationship. You have to talk together. You have to express your needs. And I don't just mean over and over in nagging. Because if you're constantly asking your spouse to do something for you, but you're not appreciating all the other things they're doing, that's going to bring us into, we're just going to roll into words of affirmation with that one. Words of affirmation is not mine, which is crazy because words are such a thing to me. And I am okay and I'm good and I've gotten better at using words of affirmation to build others up. But I think there's still a part of my mind that even when people give me compliments, even when people say really sweet things, I mean, let me tell you, I asked for testimonials from some of my clients and coaches this week, and I have been crying like a crazy person, like nonstop. Every time I get one, I'm like, oh, all the feels, this is the best. And I'm going to keep them in a safe place for when my brain starts telling me that these things are not true, I can go back to their words. And so even things like that, like I'm working on building up my my words of affirmation, at least accepting them. So the example in the book was something like Sally wanted her bedroom painted and she told him all the time, time and time again, that she wanted the bedroom painted. And Dr. Chapman, the author, was like, well, does he do anything else that a good husband does around the house. And she's like, yeah, he pays the bills, he takes out the trash, and he does this and that. And he says, okay, so does he know you want the bedroom painted? And she said, oh, yeah, he knows. And he said, then don't ever ask him to paint the bedroom again. Start appreciating him for the things that he's doing right now. Start giving him compliments. Start telling him, thanks for taking out the garbage. Thank you for paying this bill on time. Thank you for cleaning up the mess in the garage. Thank you for watching the kids so I could run to the grocery store. Thank them for the little things that they are doing and they will want to do more, especially if that is their love language. If they are doing things for you, especially things that are out of their love language and you aren't giving them what they need, they will stop doing the things. Do you see how all of this plays in together? If you don't 
learn how to speak their language and fill their love cup, they stop pouring out the love. And if both of you stop pouring out the love, what do you have left? Bitterness, resentment, silence. You're roommates. You're not partners anymore. So moving on to receiving gifts, because I'm not going to get on a ton of these, but I just want to give you a little bit of understanding, maybe an example, maybe some tips. And with receiving gifts, this is actually the easiest love language to learn. And I want to stress here, it's not about the money. The biggest thing about the gift is that you were somewhere else without them and were thinking of them. That's what it really is. That's what the deeper significance is with the gift. It's that you guys were separated. You were not together and they were thinking about you so much that they saw something, they thought of you, and they purchased it. That's the love. It's not what the gift really is. Because it could be something small, insignificant, but if it was something that meant you were thinking of them, it made you think of them, it's going to hit home. I promise. Now, keep in mind, the value to the gift should match your life circumstance. So if you are a millionaire and you never... Now, if you just love making handcraft gifts, that's different. But if you're buying things at the dollar store, saying you're thinking of somebody and you have money coming out your ass, well, that's now insulting. So, and if you don't have a lot of money, that's fine. You can write something, write a card, make a card. It's the thought that counts with this one. I want to emphasize that so you can work on the gift love language without having to spend money. But I will also say this, and they say it in the book, your relationship is always worth investing in. Those $4 flowers at Aldi's, yeah, if that's her love language, those $4 is going to go a long way. Don't underestimate the gift of your presence either. This goes along with receiving gifts. I actually registered receiving gifts as one of my love languages because I need the presence of people. I don't need the gifts per se, but when I'm going through something, having the presence of people there for me means everything. I don't always want them to hug me or say the things, but just having someone there, knowing they're there, It means a lot. So that's another way that you can express the love language receiving gifts. What I notice too about the receiving gifts for me is that I like to get gifts for other people. And it's not so much that I look for things, but when I see something and it makes me think of someone I want to get it for them because I want them to know. It's almost so weird. It's like my love language is I want them to know that they were on my heart, that they were on my mind, that I was thinking of them. Now, this is hard because I also really hate the post office and a lot of people I love do not live close. So thank you, Amazon Prime, for allowing me to fill my receiving gifts love language with those that I love around the world. But... Okay, so I've given you some info. We've talked a little bit about toxic relationships. I want to add this. Even if it's out of place, I'm not going back to edit it because it has been six weeks that I've been working on this episode, guys, and I just need to get it out. But I do want to tell you that you need to protect yourself. We talked about those boundaries. I need to make sure that you understand what they look like. And I need you to figure that out. So if there are people in your life, how are they negatively impacting your life? If they're coworkers, cool. 
just change the subject. Anytime somebody talks about something negative, change it to something positive that you like. If they don't go with the flow, leave the conversation. It doesn't do you any good to stay there and and get drugged down by their negativity. If you can't change the subject into something else positive that you can talk about, walk away. You know how we talked about that unfollow button on social media? You can walk away in real life. That's a thing that you can do. Protecting yourself from toxic people is important. It's so important. Because those toxic people have shit going on inside of them that you do not need to fuck with. You don't need in on their problems. You have your own that you're dealing with. I was one of those toxic people, so I'm not saying that they can't change because they can. But if they are in their toxicity, you don't need it. And it is not your job or responsibility to get them out of it. The only person you are responsible for getting that out of that well is you. You cannot do it for anyone else. I'm sorry. But you can live the life And have the happiness so that they see it and maybe they will jump on board and do it for themselves. That's the best thing you can do for them. Is to get out. Is to climb out. And live that life. We don't have to brag about it. Trust me. They will see it. And they will probably hate it. And they will probably hate on you for it. And if that happens, go back to episode 12, listen to ignoring the haters, and just move on with your life. Because all they can do is keep you stuck. They can't take you to where you need to go. Because by the sounds of it, they're not going there. They have no desire or drive to go there, and you do. Do you see the difference. You have to see the difference. You have to see that this is not, you don't love them anymore. They're just not going in the same direction you are. So whether that's someone you can get rid of or someone you can't, you got to come to terms with that either way. If you're a parent, it's so good to know what love language your children speak because You want them to feel loved the way that they feel loved. And knowing that, even from an early age, helps them. You will love them the way that they feel and feel loved and receive love. And it is going to change their life. It's going to change everything because their cup is always going to be full. Right? And also, as a parent, you know, it's hard to parent different children, multiple children, because they're all different. And this is a great way to be able to love on your kids differently, to be able to parent them differently with one simple quiz. And it doesn't, it's literally based on how they love. And what more could you ask for? That's what we want for our kids. We want them to feel loved so that they give love. We talked about this in the beginning, right? The more love we feel for ourselves, the more our, the fuller our cup is, that's it spilling out, all that good stuff, we want to give that to our children. So I need you to, you can take the quiz for your children if they're not old enough. I mean, I would totally take it for mine. I, I haven't even, I haven't done it yet. I'm going to put that on my list. <laughs> Confession. I think I already know Elsie is very much like Mark, and Cora is very much like me. Cora is still too young to do things. They're both snugglers, so I'm not really sure. But I probably shouldn't be confessing to this, but whatever. So I am going to take the quiz for both of my kids, and I will share in the community. So I encourage you to do the same. Because why wouldn't you want to set them up for success? Why wouldn't you want them to feel like their cup of love, full to the brim, spilling over every day, right? Because maybe the way that you show love is not the way they they feel it, and their cup isn't full. 
And I'm like, my heart breaks a little, like, recording this because I don't know my children's love language as I share this. No one's perfect, that's for sure. But I want you to figure out the love language of your top five relationships. So put that on your list. That is your homework for this episode. You have your five top relationships and... I need you to write down what their love language is. And if you're not sure on how to speak that love language because it is not yours, buy the book, listen to the book, find videos about it, figure it out, make it happen. I even use this quiz in my business. And I think it's so important, especially for what I do. I want to know what love language my challengers and my coaches speak because I will coach them differently based on their answers. So quality time, I'm going to invite them. If they're close, come work out with me. Come to an event with me. Get in the room with these people. You, It will change your life. It's physical touch, same thing, right? Because I can't hug them and squeeze them if we don't get together. And if not, quality time is also, I will do you know Zoom meetings with them, Skype calls, things like that. To where we can spend time together as much as possible. If it's receiving gifts, I'm going to do prizes. If it's words of affirmation, I'm going to shout them out. It varies on how they receive the love. Because that changes everything. Because the way that I show up for others to love on them may not be exactly how they feel loved. And then all efforts are wasted. So why not know what you're working with so your efforts are actually going towards improving the relationship? Like it's not that you can't speak your language, but you also need to know theirs. And so this is helpful if you work closely with people because if people don't feel loved, they feel unappreciated. You know how many people would have a much better job, life, relationship if they just felt more appreciated and loved? So if we all get on the same page and start speaking each other's languages, then maybe, just maybe, we can all get a little better together and we can make this world a little better. That's what I'm hoping. That's a lot to ask of you guys. But it benefits you so much. So that's it. I think that's all I have for you guys today. Holy crap, we did it. Only a month later. So I'll be sharing this soon. I cannot wait to hear what you think about it. Tag me in your stories. Leave me a review. Tell me in the community. I can't wait. I'll talk to you guys soon.